Jesus tells his disciples to love one another. Just as he has loved his disciples, he commands them to love each other. Jesus loves his disciples in, in spite of their sins and flaws. However, it is hard for them to love one another because it is difficult to always look past other people's flaws. But we must heed Jesus' directive, his new commandment. If we want to live in a peaceful world where war and bombs and destruction exist no more, we must practice loving our neighbors in the same way Jesus loved. Love them in spite of their flaws. As long as hate reigns on this earth, it is our divine responsibility to combat it with unconditional love. What exactly is unconditional love? According to Wikipedia, unconditional love is a term that means to love someone regardless of the loved one's qualities or actions. What it means is that we love our siblings even when they annoy us, our parents even when they don't allow us to do things, and our friends even when we get mad at them. It means realizing that inside each of us is a deep reservoir of love created by God and continually sourced from a groundspring of his eternal love. Somehow, it is easier to tap into this reservoir to love certain people. For instance, finding unconditional love for our family and friends is often not especially hard. Where the real challenge lies is in loving our enemies. When I was in elementary school, I had a best friend. In sixth grade, we had a falling out and stopped talking to each other. I was exceedingly bitter towards her because she had treated me so cruelly. She had said hurtful things that she hadn't apologized for and made me cry again and again. Looking back on our relationship, I realized that she had walked all over me. For a long time, I hated her for what she did to me. Only recently have I been able to let go of my childhood grudge and forgive her for her actions. She still hasn't apologized to me for what she did. Giving her the benefit of the doubt, maybe she doesn't know how badly she made me feel, but how could that be the case? In spite of all this, I do not hate her for it anymore. Instead, I have decided to follow Jesus' commandment and love her. I will probably never love her the way I love my family and best friends. However, I love her because I do not want to live with hate in my life. I've decided I prefer to give every human being on this earth, all of God's creatures, my love. Love that is sourced by God and modeled and practiced by Jesus, his son. I remember very distinctly in fourth grade, watching a movie about Ruby Bridges. Ruby Bridges was the first black girl to go to a desegregated elementary school in 1960. Ruby Bridges faced discrimination every day in her young life. As she was escorted through the doors of the school, many people protested her attendance and screamed hateful, horrible things at her. I remember that in the movie, Ruby Bridges would always say a prayer for these people, asking God to forgive them for their words and actions. Her reasoning was that if Jesus asked God to forgive those who persecuted him, then she, Ruby Bridges, should do the same thing. In fourth grade, this made a huge impression on me. I remember being amazed that this little girl, with so much courage, could love even the people who despised her. It is important to learn to love our enemies 
because otherwise we are living with negative thoughts and feelings that affect our outlook on life. Hate is powerful and hurtful. Jesus said to us that love is the only way. We churchgoers hear this over and over again to the point where it sometimes sounds cliche. But when we realize what this commandment really means, loving unconditionally is not as easy as it sounds. Many of us felt anger and even hate towards the two suspected Boston Marathon bombers. What these young men are accused of doing is terrible. It is horrific. What a struggle it is to forgive people who have purposely hurt and killed others. However, if we can find a way to love them, despite all of that, then we can live the message of the gospel. It is better to love others and to forgive them and feel that love and forgiveness than it is to hate. Jesus said, I give you a new commandment, that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you also should love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. Through the All Saints Youth Program, I went through two urban mission trips, and uh, one was to Nashville and the other to Chicago. And on both of these trips, personal interaction played an integral part in our daily activities. Most people think of mission trips as doing like tangible good, like building houses and serving food in soup kitchens. However, I quickly learned that those types of activities were secondary. We spent most of our times in homes for people with mental illnesses and YMCA day camps and with homeless people. At first, I wondered why we were doing it. Playing basketball with poor inner city children in Chicago might have been fun for them, but beyond the time we were actually spending with them, there was really no lasting result, at least it seemed. After the week, I went on with my life and they went on with theirs. Despite this, these trips had a profound effect on me, more so than any trip I went on in which we built houses and cleaned up lots and things like that, even after Katrina. I didn't quite know why, though, since I still viewed them as less practical and way more uncomfortable. But what I realize now is that these trips that I went on through All Saints weren't really about the people we were helping. They were about us. The work we were doing was helpful, for sure, but it was not the point. The point was engaging other human beings. Some days we would just have $10, and our task would be to simply buy dinner for a homeless person, but we also had to sit down and eat it with them. Before this, I'd interacted with homeless people. It's hard not to in Atlanta. But there's a certain disconnect that not only do we feel, but we actively cultivate, even if we aren't aware of it. That's because it's easier. We can see a homeless person on the street, give them money, even buy them a meal. But without the engagement and conversation, we still put them into this category that's almost subhuman by not allowing ourselves the opportunity of inevitably connecting with them as people. This all relates to today's gospel from John which essentially sums up the Bible. Love one another as you would love yourself. When this is taught to young children, it's usually in the context of being nice to your friends. But what John is teaching is much broader and much more difficult, loving people that you don't know at all. This doesn't just apply to homeless people or to people with mental illnesses or to people who are older than us, nor does it mean that you have to purchase them a meal or give them money or play basketball with them. In order to love someone, you have to know them. And the first step to knowing someone is to engage them in conversation. The seemingly simple rule is ignored by many people today, Christian and otherwise, 
The rampant racism and hatred towards Muslims on the internet surrounding the Boston Marathon bombings was an eerie reminder of this, and it shows that Christians are oftentimes the first offenders of this golden rule. The challenge for all of us is to engage everyone we can, starting here at church. I've been fortunate to feel at home in the All Saints community, so much so that I want to come to church even when my dad is in town. But I'm definitely not the only teenager in church who feels this way. And the program here has been great in getting all of us involved in the church through choir, acolyting, journey to adulthood, and the YAC program. Through it, I've established a relationship with many of you, and it's played a huge role in my development as a person. Still, if the youth program here is to continue to grow and thrive, it will have to be because of you in the congregation. This is where my challenge from earlier comes in. When you see a middle or high school aged person in the church, engage them. And that doesn't mean ask them where they're going to college. You might be surprised, though, by how much that can make a high schooler feel at home. All Saints has become a part of my identity, and the most important thing that I will take away from All Saints is the power of engaging others. So the next time that you see a homeless man on the street, a sad man sitting at the bar, or a teenager walking around the church, just talk to them. It will make all the difference in your life and your own.